I'm excited to preach, all right? I love the Bible, and so I want to turn to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to read one of my favorite scriptures today, and uh, we're going to dream and dream bigger. You guys ready to dream? Look at your neighbor and say, level up. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. I'm going to read to you uh, a prayer. It's not a preach. It's a prayer. It's a prayer uh, prayed over the church at Ephesus. So you might imagine that the Apostle Paul was praying not only for the church at Ephesus, but he was praying over you and I today in November in 2017. Verse 14 through 21, if you don't mind, could you stand up please? We're going to stand for the reading of the word, focus in and read together. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory. Notice it didn't say your strength or your ability to plan or your ability to set goals or your ability uh, or your IQ or your EQ or your PQ. That's your physical quotient. And, And we need to work on that too. In 18, it's a good New Year's resolution. But the Apostle Paul says that according to His riches... That you may be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Somebody say, strengthen me, Lord. Sometimes you just got to lay hands on yourself. You know what I'm saying? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm rooted. May have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled. Everybody say, filled. With all the fullness, everybody say fullness, of God. That's pretty full right there. That's pretty full. You look around and say, that's pretty full. We tell you, that's pretty full. That's pretty full. If God's pretty big, God's pretty big. So if you're filled up with all the fullness of God, man, my Lord, we're happy already. Now to Him, here's where it gets real good, who is able. Hey. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly. Man, that right there is, is so good. Far more abundantly than all that we ask. Everybody say ask. Or think. Everybody say think. According to the power at work within your boss. According to the power at work within your income. According to the power at work with you know, whatever it is that we stand on for security. It's not that. It's according to the power that is at work within us. Somebody say, that's me. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. So today I'm going to preach you from the subject of level up. Uh, you guys are not ready. Okay. You're not going to sit down yet until you're ready. So I'm going to preach to you today from the subject of level up. Hey, we should do it one more time. Let's do it one more time. Just lay hands on yourself. Say self. (laughs) Level up. All right, you can be seated. Bless you, bless you, bless you. So, as I said, uh, this is not a preach. This is a prayer. And, uh, man, I like the Apostle Paul because the Apostle Paul, man, he's a big dreamer. 
He's like some of you guys in here. Nashville is a city of dreamers. There's a lot of people who move. They descend upon the city with big dreams in their heart. And I think that if the Apostle Paul was walking the earth today and he was on a missions trip in America, I believe with all my heart that the Apostle Paul would circle Nashville and would visit here. I believe that with all of my heart, you guys, because Nashville is a city that is set up on a hill that cannot be hidden. 90% of the world's Christian publications come through our city. Do you guys know that? There's a publication anointing that rests upon our city to write, to create, to produce. You guys know that, right? I believe with all my heart that in the same way that Paul approached Mars Hill, that as Paul prayed for Ephesus, that Paul is praying for Nashville today. And here's what he's saying. He's like, hey, I'm not praying just to bless you. I'm not only praying just to bless your heart, although I'm praying over your heart. I am actually praying over the desires of your heart. Because if I could say it like this, the apostle Paul is praying your dreams, your desires, your request, your imagination. It's too small. That's what he's saying. He's saying it's time to level up because here is the reality. I know it looks one way according to your circumstance. I know it may look one way according to your relationships, but there is a greater reality, which is the spirit. And in the spirit, there is an unlimited supply of God's riches and God's glory. And what Paul is proclaiming is that we are not asking enough. (laughs) He's saying, hey, look, uh, your request, those things that you pray for, ask more. I want to speak over your heart. I want to pray over your heart. I want to declare that the desires of God are filling your heart. And so the very things that you feel passionate about on the inside, let them out. Ask me about them. Ask me for them. Because when you ask God for the thing that's burning within your heart, what you're doing is you're confessing faith that God has the ability to bring it to you. So my, you know, my two-year-old, when we're in the mall, you know, you know those candy machines in the middle of the mall? He is obsessed. He has to run to them, and he begs for a quarter. And, 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 he come, and it's not begging like, oh, I hope that this can happen. He's not begging in that way. He's coming with confidence. He's coming assured. He's coming boldly because he knows that my dad has the ability to give me a quarter so I can get this candy. And it's the same way with the Father. When we ask Him for things, we are confessing the faith that He possesses those things. We are saying, hey God, I'm asking you for it because I know you got it. I'm asking you for the withdrawal because I know that it's in the account. You own the cattle on the thousand hills. You are Adonai. You created everything. So I'm coming to you with my request and I'm coming boldly and I'm coming with confidence because I know who I am and I know that you're my dad and I believe that you have it, so I'm asking for it. Somebody say level up. So Paul's praying over the desires of our hearts, and he's saying, hey, Lord, I want you to ask more. I want you to ask more. And then he goes beyond that, and he says, uh, not just according to what you ask, but also according to what you think, your imagination. No matter how big you dream, you can level up, and you still won't get to where God, God's thoughts for you are. 
God is actually beckoning us to dream bigger. He's actually inviting us into a place of dreaming bigger. He's actually bringing us to a place of more confidence, more assuredness, that we could go after everything that He's put on the inside of us and know that He will be with us and not forsake us. Because there is a power that is at work within us. And as Paul is praying over that power, he's blessing it to enlarge. And he's saying, not only ask more, but dream bigger. Imagine more. Create more. Sit down and go on a date with God. Go on a dream date with God. And think bigger. Dream bigger. And believe for more. Because that's what God wants to do in your life. Everybody say, level up. Now, I know that this is what the Word says, but this is certainly not what the world says. Now, I know that you guys know this, but our city even is not necessarily so kind to the dreamers. Because Nashville is a place of dreamers, but it's also a place of broken dreams. Because people come here with so many expectations. And I just spoke with somebody this morning. It's funny how Nashville tends to treat people the first year that they're here. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you guys have experienced this or not, but so many of my friends I know, they come to Nashville with a huge dream and they feel like they get chewed up and spit out. And it's like, what in the world, man? I thought this city was going to be so good to me. And then you get here and you find there's all this resistance because honestly, the world is not so kind to the dreamers. The people with the biggest dreams often face the most resistance because they have a capacity to change the current circumstance. And the enemy doesn't want you messing up his current arrangement. Pharaohs don't like to be dethroned. He has to try to impede your ability to create. He has to stand in the way of your ability to ask or to imagine because he knows that it is the dreamers who bring doom to his kingdom. And so he said, no, 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 you can't dream. I don't want you asking. I don't want you thinking. I don't want you asking for sure because I want to convince you that it's religious or it's immature or it's, or it's not spiritual to ask. And I don't want you to dream and I'm going to try and convince you that that's carnal and, you know, that that's not a good thing to do. It's not a mature thing to do. It's not a spiritual thing to do. So the very thing that Paul prays is the very thing that the world resists. Don't dream. We don't want you to dream. You know, after all, you should probably be a little more realistic. A nation can't be saved in a day. Nashville can't be turned inside out. You can't see your workplace set on fire with revival. You can't see your school saved and set free and delivered from drug addiction. You can't see your church divorce-proof. You can't see these things happen. You can't see people get healed of cancer. You can't see... You, get, you, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? You should be more realistic. That's what we're told. I mean, for me as a kid, I wanted to be in the NBA, so I heard this a lot. Um, as you can tell, I have the size to play professional basketball. I'm a good 6'8", <laughs> 200. <laughs> Not quite, right? You know, I, as, as a kid, I always wore jersey number one. And it's not because I had an affinity for the number one. It was just the smallest jersey on the team. And so I always wore the number one until sixth grade. Uh, I was so small, you guys, that I actually did sixth grade twice. Not lying to you. I was fine academically. I didn't enjoy doing homework, but I was smart enough to move forward. But I was so tiny. I was one of the youngest kids in my class, and my family was moving from Florida back to Kentucky. My dad said, you want to do sixth grade twice? And I said, why? He said, you're just too small, you know, you're just, like, you're just, 
you're so passionate about sports and you're fine academically, but like, you know, that'll, it'll be easier. You've already, you're just small. You just, you need to level up. You know what I mean? Like you just got to get some weight, you know? And uh, I was like, that's a great idea. You know, that's going to give me an extra year to play sports. And so I went from being the smallest and the youngest to being, you know, about average size, size and average age. God started school early, you know? So that was my portion, right? That was my lot. But you would never catch me uh, confessing that I needed to be content with my capacity. Because teachers would tell me, and they were well-meaning teachers, listen, I know you want to be in the NBA, but look, you should probably go to trade school and perhaps think about doing something else because you're just too small. Uh, you know, coaches would say, man, you gotta, you gotta level up, bro. You gotta get in the weight room. You gotta get on some weight gainer. You gotta pack down the calories. You're just too small. You're getting pushed around. And here's what I did. I just kicked every single person out of my circle that said that I couldn't make it to what I felt God was calling me to. And I say that because some of you guys at 27 need to do the same thing I did to my friends at seven. And I'm just giving you a permission slip to kick people out of your circle that don't believe in the dreams that God has spoken over your life. Is that okay? Okay. Man, just divorce negativity in uh, 2018. Just be like, you've never done anything good for me. Bye, Felicia. You know what I'm saying? Just get out. And so, you know, these people, I say, be more realistic. You should be more realistic. And, um... And as I've grown up, I've recognized that in Nashville or elsewhere, wherever you are, just our culture, our world, you know, what they constantly try to convince you of is to be content with your capacity. Just be content. Just chill out and be content with your capacity. Teachers, professors, well-meaning preachers, be content with your capacity. And I'm not saying that we don't have a capacity, but here's my question for you today. What exactly is your capacity? Do you really know what your capacity is? Is my capacity what you say it is? Is my capacity what my teachers say it is? Is my capacity what my mom says it is? Is my capacity what my circle of friends say that it is? Is my capacity what somebody said to me one time when I was 14, hurt me, stunted my growth, and I've been encapsulated by that definition ever since? What exactly is my capacity and how do I discover what my capacity is? Let me tell you this. Until you come to the end of your comfort zone, you have no idea what your capacity is. Until you've come to the end of yourself, you cannot define your capacity because you've not reached your capacity yet. So why will we continue to allow other people to define what our capacity is whenever God is saying, ask more, dream bigger, think on a larger scale, get in the spirit, dream with me. What could be possible? What if a nation could be saved in a day? What if you could accomplish the things that you dreamed about at eight and ten? So what is our capacity really? You know, I don't have a problem admitting that I have a capacity, but I have a problem acknowledging what it is. Because I don't feel like I've gone to the end of myself yet. I feel like I got more in the tank. I feel like I have a capacity to hustle in the Holy Ghost just a little bit harder. You know what I'm saying? I get up in the morning. I know some people are all passionate about hustling. I just say I'm a hustle in the Holy Ghost. So how do we know what our capacity is until you challenge your capacity? And this is what we're going to do in 18 is we're going to challenge our capacity. We're going to level up. We're going to dream bigger. We're going to go for more. You know, I love Thanksgiving. And two years ago at Thanksgiving, we were at my parents' house in Kentucky. And my wife and I, we were, we were happy and, and uh, married and chubby. 
you know, if you will. Like, in a sense, you know what I'm saying? Or just soft, just soft and salty. You know what I mean? Like, you, that, seriously, we just didn't eat well and just weren't, un, we were unhealthy and just, you know, we just did a lot of cuddling. <laughs> and, the first year of our marriage, that's what you do. First year of marriage, you cuddle, make love. That's about all you can get done for the day. Um, all, the, all the married couples in here said amen. All the single people in here said amen. One day. All right, hey, you know, that could be a prophetic word for a few of you guys. Nonetheless, we were at Thanksgiving. We said, man, we, we're, not, we're not in good shape. We're not healthy. We're just like eating whatever we want. We ain't doing nothing. Heart rate is never high except when we're making love. And uh, we just need to, we need to do something, you know. We're just in not, we're not in good shape. And uh, I remember my brother, he had the insanity program. You guys know what I'm talking about? You guys remember like Tony Horton and, and is that his name? Uh, P90X. Do your best. Forget the rest. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? And then you got Sean T. He's so annoying. You know, high knees, high knees. High, you know what I mean? And he's so ripped. And I'm like, there's no way you got that pumped only doing this program, you know. And so we got the DVDs out. And I was like, oh, this is great. We're going to do Insanity. It's a 60-day program. In 60 days, we're going to be shredded. We're going to be looking good. And uh, my wife and I have been talking about that recently because we're making some New Year's resolutions. We're like, man, we get into 2018. We're going to have to get you know, in some, in some good shape. We had our second kid. We need to exercise a little bit more. And here's the thing about starting a program like Insanity. It's actually pretty hard. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have started P90X or Insanity or any of these. It's pretty hard. And one of my friends told me, he made the mistake of telling me this, that only 7% of people who start the Insanity program finish it. Now, I have an I told you so anointing. And so there's something that rose up in me. I was like, oh, I ain't going to be a statistic. I'm going to be a part of that 7%. I'm going to finish this. Come on, Allison. Come on, Shanti. We got 60 days. We're going to do this. And I want you guys to know we did it. My wife and I finished the whole insanity program. And it led to us getting pregnant. Hey. You know, so... <laughs> you get... Get, get all slender and sexy, you know. <laughs> Nick just Amazon primed it. Um, you know. yeah. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. So, like, when we... <laughs> so, when we, got the, when we got it out, right, because it has the overview of all the workouts and everything. And uh, the first day is a fit test, you know, and we did that fit test, and and, man, we did that fit test. I want to die. You know, that fit test, just like 15 minutes, I almost vomited. And I was like, this is terrible. This is so hard. Like, Sean T., you're the worst. Like, I hate this, you know. And why did I agree to doing this? And, and I didn't really want to do it. And especially as I started to look through the workout overviews and look at the schedule. And I'm like, man, what in the world? There's burpees in this. You guys know what burpees are? Oh, my goodness. It's like the third layer of hell. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's it. And so, like, y'all Google it. Um, there's, all these, there's all these burpees, and, like, you're stringing them together. It's like back to back to back to burpees. I told him, I can't do burpees. Can't do it. Can't do them burpees. I can't do that. I can't do burpees. Burpees are stupid. Can't do burpees. I don't feel called to burpees. 
God ain't speak to me about no burpees. I don't feel passionate about burpees. I don't feel nothing stirring in my spirit about burpees. My discernment says that's off. And, and then they said, well, you're going to be doing in two weeks, you're going to be doing 100 push-ups in an hour. So the devil is a lie. I can't do no push-ups. Yeah, I'm not strong yet. You know, I can't do any push-ups. And then I noticed in week three, they leveled up. And then the workout went from like 40 minutes to an hour and 20 minutes. And I said, I can't do that. I can't do that. There ain't no way I can do that. And you know what I realized is that after we got into it a little bit, we started, we got in there week one. You know, burpees were tough. Got in week two, push-ups were hard. Got in there week three, and we started working out for an hour and 15 minutes total. And you know what was happening? I was doing burpees. Strong. I was doing push-ups. Strong. I was working out for an hour and 15 minutes. Strong. Come on, Shanti. I'm focused. I'm focused. We're going to get these abs. Come on, Shanti. You guys know what I'm talking about? Just focused. And here's what I realized is that I wasn't having a capacity problem. What I was having when I started was a conditioning problem. It wasn't a problem with my capacity. There was a problem with my conditioning. It wasn't that I couldn't do burpees. It's that I wasn't conditioned to do burpees. It's not that I couldn't do push-ups. It's that I wasn't conditioned to do push-ups. It's not that my capacity ended with a one-hour workout. It's that my conditioning was not in a place to where I could work out for longer than an hour. And so some of what we've allowed other people to convince us is our capacity is not your capacity at all. At all, it's really just your conditioning. You've been conditioned to believe that's as far as you can push yourself. You've been conditioned to believe that's as big as you're allowed to dream. You've been conditioned to believe that that is as much as you're allowed to ask for. It's not a capacity problem. It's a conditioning problem. You can do it. Somebody say level up. Level up. It's not a capacity problem. It's a conditioning problem. With that being said, let me ask you this. What have you convinced yourself of that you can't do? That really you just won't do? Because in the beginning, all I did was I can't do that. I can't do, I can't do that. I can't do this. I, can't, I could do it. I was just saying I can't. But really, I just wouldn't. So what are you convincing yourself of right now that you can't do? That when the rubber meets the road, the truth is you just won't do it. Wow. Nah, I can't serve. I can't help with the kids. I can't give. I can't tithe. I can't, I can't preach the gospel. I can't share my testimony. I can't do any outreach. I can't pray for somebody in public. I can't share the gospel with one of my friends. I, 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 can't, I can't take care of my finances. I can't get disciplined enough to budget. I can't get to work on time. I can't get to church on time. I can't take care of my family. I can't babysit. I'm not a good mom. I'm not a good dad. I'm a terrible friend. I'm a worse off brother. What have you convinced yourself of that's not really your capacity at all. It's really just your conditioning. Somebody, somewhere along the lines, told you that that was all that you were capable of, and yet the words and the prayers of the Apostle Paul are ringing true in our spirits today that he's saying, ask more, dream bigger, level up, think more. God is big. His riches, His glory are huge, and they're inside of you. There's a power that works within you, and that it is far greater Far more able to do more than what you thought. Yeah. 
But it's so often we convince ourselves of things that we can't do. And I want to tell you guys a quick story. So um, one time I, I, I went to preach this conference in Texas, and it was one of the first times I was ever invited to go out and speak. And today I'm actually going to be leaving to go to Huntington Beach, getting the opportunity to preach with the circuit riders this week. So I'm excited about that, really pumped. And um, love those guys. They're incredible. And I was invited to go and preach in Texas and, uh, at, a, at, at a conference. And it was a, it was a youth meeting. I didn't really know what the layout was, but it was a general conference of a church organization. Okay, So you got all these pastors from all over the world and, and, and their families and, and all of that. Well, they had me preaching the first night of the conference. And, um, and so I, di- I didn't know what it was going to be like. They just said it was a youth thing. But everybody was there. I mean, all the pastors, all these leaders, all these bishops, all these elders, all these deacons, you know, all these people that I, like, very impressed by. And uh, I'm, I'm in the hotel, and I'm getting ready, getting dressed, and I remember I was in the bathroom, and, and God spoke to me. He said, tonight, you're going to have a Holy Spirit workshop. And, uh, and you guys know what I'm talking about, Holy Spirit workshop. Like, it's going to be a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. You're going to teach people how to move with the Holy Spirit. And... Uh, and I, I, said, I said to the Lord very quickly, I said, God, I can't do that. I can't do that. You know, I was young. And I said, I said, Lord, to be able to do that, I would need to have gone to the Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry. Because I, I knew about Bethel and like I really admired it and loved it and still do and have had the opportunity to speak there. And that's great. But, you know, I, I just thought like to do that. To host a Holy Spirit workshop. And this is what he told me. He said, you don't need anybody to tell you what you can and can't do. You need to listen to me and let me define for you what you can and can't do. And tonight, you're going to have a Holy Spirit workshop. And I'm going to heal these certain issues. And he started giving me words of knowledge of symptoms or issues that he wanted to heal in the meeting. And he said, you're going to pray over uh, people's knees. You're going to pray over hernias. I, I don't rem- remember all the words of knowledge, but I wrote down about four or five things. I wrote it down. I, I think I was staying at Holiday Inn, and I wrote down the, uh, the notes, uh, you know, by the phone. And I put it in my Bible. And, um, and so I'm like, all right, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. And I don't know about you guys, but have you ever had one of those moments where you get the opportunity? It's like time stands still, and you choose whether or not you're going to obey God. Yeah. You guys, you know what I'm talking about? You, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's, like, it's like you're Neo in the Matrix. Like, you know what I mean? It's like everything's like, and, and you're deciding, I'm going to say yes to God. So that's me at the end of my message. I had preached my sermon, and I'm standing there looking out at this full room, and I'm standing there, and, and here's, what I'm, here's what I'm deciding on. Do I have the Holy Spirit workshop that God told me to have, or do I say, Amen. You guys have a good night. Wow. Right? And everybody's standing up. You got all these elders, all these people there. And, uh, and, and I said, ah, <laughs> what do I got to lose? <laughs> Having the Holy Spirit workshop, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and I said, guys, I said, listen, here's the thing. I said, the Lord spoke to me in my hotel room that we were supposed to have a Holy Spirit workshop. And he also told me this. He said, I don't want you praying for anybody. I only want you to bring the youth up and have the youth pray for people uh, in this situation. I said, okay. I said, guys, I, I, don't know, I don't know how this is going to sound, how this is going to come off, but listen. 
I've got a few things that the Lord spoke to me beforehand, and these are issues or symptoms or, or um, like illnesses in the room that God wants to heal. And I, and, and I said, uh, young people, if there's anybody in here who wants to be used by God to heal the sick, I want you to come up on the platform. And there was about 40, 50 kids that ran up on the stage. And so now I'm surrounded by all these young people. And I start to read these symptoms out. And I said, if this is you, just lift up your hand. So I read them out, and there's like six, eight, 10, 14 people. And people starting to lift their hand. And they're all these pastors, these elders, these families, these people who have come to be a part of the youth event. I said, if you need healing, just come to the front, and these young people are going to lay hands on you. And so the young people began to lay hands on them and pray for them. And then we had a testimony line develop. And so we had people testify to what God did in their body time after time. Of every single thing that was on that list, God supernaturally healed people of those illnesses and those symptoms. Like people had their knees restored, like strength came back. One guy, I remember, had a hernia, like dissolve, that he was, he, it was visible and it was tangible and he couldn't find it, he couldn't feel it anymore. And he could bend over and he could stretch and there was like this crazy crazy, insane miracles taking place. One guy was like, I had pain in my back for 12 years and like, it's gone. I'm, I'm, you know, there's all these people like testifying, man, God's up to something. God's doing something. It was amazing. And when it was over, you know, you'd think I'd had the wherewithal to like, you know, just continue to cultivate this corporate encounter, you know, and like, whoa, but I didn't know how to do any of that. So I just set the mic down and I just went and sat in my chair. And the meeting's still going on, but I'm just sitting in the front row, just like, cool, awesome, God's working, this is great, this is wonderful. And uh, so I started praying, I said, God, thank you, that was awesome, you told me to do that, and I did that, and that, yeah, that was great, you did that, that was amazing, you, you, you wow, you, you healed those people, that's incredible, wow, that's amazing, I should listen to you more often, especially when you tell me things about myself that I tell you that aren't true, I mean, after all, you made me, and you would know, and okay yeah I'm sitting there I'm having a conversation with God and then this guy he comes down he sits next to me taps my shoulder he said excuse me he said uh what's your name I said hey I'm Lyle he said did you by any chance go to the Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry and I said uh no I've actually never been to Reading he was like really because what you just did up there, that Holy Spirit workshop that just took place, we actually brought some of the students to another meeting, and they did the same thing, and the same thing happened, and God healed the sick. And had I known about you a few weeks ago, I'd have just had you come to my church, because i got to fly like 10 of them in. And it hit me. It was like, don't let yourself don't let man define for you what God is capable of in your life let God speak those words over your life define your boundaries that fall in pleasant places and determine your capacity and what you're really able to do until God says stop in my mind he's saying go it's always a green light with God. If he wants to move me, he'll move me. He's faithful to keep me from stepping out of his will. As long as I'm connected with him, then I'm connected with my destiny. Your destiny is not an income bracket. Your destiny is not a position. Your destiny is not a title. Your des destiny is not a certain type of car. Your destiny is not a number of records sold. Your destiny is not a number of books sold. Your destiny is not anything except for this. Jesus. 
Your destiny has a name, and he is a person, and his name is Jesus. And so long as you're connected with him in intimacy, you can't miss it. So long as you're connected with him, you will end up in the exact place that you're supposed to be because he is the one defining limitation, defining capacity, and leading you throughout the whole way. This is what I feel like the Lord wants to do in the life of our church in 2018. You don't have a capacity problem. You might have a conditioning problem, but I want you to know you don't have a capacity problem, church. You, and if you're thinking, well, this ain't for me, this is for somebody else. No, no. Let me say, you don't have a capacity problem. God has invited you personally. He sent a handwritten invitation to the house of your heart. And he's saying, dream with me. Think bigger. Ask for more. Use your creative imagination. Go beyond what you think is the limit and dream bigger because that is where I want to work. If it doesn't require faith, then it's not the realm of God. Your dreams should scare you a little bit. They should mess with you some. Because you recognize that unless God shows up, you're going to look like a total failure. So what have you convinced yourself of that you can't do? What have you said to yourself, man, I'm just stuck. Maybe you're not stuck. Maybe you just stopped. Maybe you just stopped. And maybe today the word of the Lord for you is just keep going. Just keep sowing. Just keep plowing. Just keep reaping. Just keep dreaming. Because your ability to dream is never going to catch up to God's ability to perform. Your ability to dream is never going to catch up to God's ability to perform. So as you're standing today... I just want to declare this over you in prayer. This is something God's doing. He is removing limitations and he's removing labels. God is removing limitations and God is removing labels today. And he is inviting you to level up. Would you just agree with me today and believing that this word is for you? And if you're unsure, let's just take a moment and ask God. Lord, is this word for me? And if he says yes, and I believe that he's saying yes, the next question must be, what do I do with it? What do I do with it? I hope that hope itself is hitting your heart right now and inviting you to come up here, come up higher. Because it's a time for us to daringly dream again. And for some of us, it's not a new dream that's coming up. To the surface of our heart but it's an old dream it's a dream that we've abandoned it's a dream that somebody else has killed a dream that somebody else has stepped on over and over and over again and so therefore you've decided that it must not be God because no one else tends to rally around it when you share it so you've stopped sharing it and you've abandoned it you've let it die or at least just exist on life support. Those are the dreams that God's coming after today and He is speaking life into those dreams. He is speaking resurrection life. He is speaking an abundance of power into those places. And it's time for you to dream again. It's time for you to imagine. It's time for you to create. It's time for you to ask. It's time for you to think bigger. It's time for you to level up. So Lord, today... We take a step in the spirit. And even though it might not look different for us as we walk out of this room, 
we know that something has shifted on the inside. There's a limitation that's been removed. There's a label that we rip in half and we say no more. No more will we submit to the capacity that other people determine. But we level up today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mind be renewed. Heart be transformed. Spirit reinvigorated. It's time to dream. 2018 is going to be the absolute best year of our lives. God is so faithful to take us from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. And I know sometimes we say, man, if I could just get back to that place I used to be with God. Can I tell you something? That's not a place. That's a connection. That's all that is. When you say that, hey, I want to get back to that place. Don't think it's a place. It's just a connection. It's not about you going to church at a certain place. not about you living in a certain city. not about you listening to a certain type of worship music. It's about you being connected with the Father. That's all it's about. It's not about a place. It's about a connection. And when you find that connection from that place, fruitfulness flows. So just come home to that connection. Rest in that and dream from that place. Everybody say it with me. Level up. Say it one more time. Level up. Level up. Just, just put your hand on your heart and say, level up. Level up. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.